Hello, and welcome to the Without Exception podcast. My name is Josiah Ott, and on this podcast, I seek to share practical content for everyday Christians. My hope is that I can help you live out your faith each day without exception. Thank you for joining me. This is episode number seven, and today I'm excited to discuss the idea of stewarding your wilderness. The idea of stewarding is the idea of management, right? And being responsible for something, being a good manager of something. And so we're going to be talking about the wilderness season that most of us go through in life. This podcast will be split up, I believe at this point, into three different parts, um, focusing on three specific times in scripture when a wilderness is mentioned in the life of a biblical character or a group of people. And so I, I was going to try to do it all in one episode. And I really found that I couldn't even scratch the surface on these various topics. And I didn't want to just rush through them because if this is something that applies to you right now, it should be life-changing. It might not be super relevant to you. And if if you're not going through a wilderness season yourself, um, that's okay. You know, I think it'll still be an encouragement. Maybe you'd be able to share this uh, with somebody else who is kind of going through a wilderness season. But regardless, I think it should be an encouragement to you, and I hope it is a blessing, if nothing else, to somebody else. So first, we're going to discuss the idea of the wilderness as a season of preparation. So if you have ever felt like nothing you ever do matters, or you're stuck at a dead-end job, and you don't know if you'll ever get a job that you actually enjoy or care about or is, is worthwhile or anything like that, or if you feel like maybe God's called you to do something great in life, and what you're doing right now is irrelevant to what God has called you to do, and you're just stuck doing nothing about fulfilling God's call on your life. I know there might be a temptation for people that you know feel called to the ministry, that if you're doing a secular job kind of in, in that season leading until ministry, that you might just feel like it's a waste. And I mean, not just in ministry, there's many people that believe they've got great gifts and great talents that God has given them that they are to use in life for his glory and his service. And they can't really use them right now. They're at this season uh, where, where their gifts are not being used and they feel their efforts are overlooked. Maybe you feel taken for granted. If any of these things um, sound familiar to you, or maybe it applies right now, or maybe it'll apply at another time in life, uh, it kind of describes the wilderness season. So just as nature goes through many seasons, uh, we kind of go through seasons in life spiritually. If you think about it, there are probably times in your life where you feel on fire for God and everything's going great and it's like nothing could go wrong, right? You're, you know, everything's awesome and it's like a beautiful summer day, right? Or maybe it's harvest season and, you know, harvesting stuff is is really fun and it's like, look at all the fruit of, of the good things that are happening. But then other times it's possible to feel like you are in the dead of winter where nothing is happening. You feel far from God. You feel like nothing is working right. And this is kind of the wilderness season. And it's something that a lot of us will go through at some point in life. I think it's something that that God will use in, in almost everybody's life in one way or another. And so the wilderness it's seen in Throughout scripture, many different people went through um, the wilderness. Moses went through the wilderness. He's who we're going to speak on today. Um, Jesus himself went through the wilderness. The whole nation of Israel went through the wilderness. Uh, John the Baptist, I don't think, ever left the wilderness. You know, there's many, many different people 
throughout the pages of scripture that had a time of wilderness. And so there's different things we can learn from the, from the different people. So there's things you could take away from Jesus's time in the wilderness uh, that you might not get from somebody else's. And all of it should be beneficial to our lives to see when we go through one of these seasons, what God might be using it for. And so sometimes it's hard to see though, because we can't always zoom out and see the big picture of our lives because we don't know the beginning from the end like God does. But we, when we can look at these stories in scripture, we can see the beginning and we can see the end. So we can see how God used all these different aspects of what somebody went through um, for his glory and for their good. So we can have the same faith today that God will use our wilderness season to be a blessing in the long run, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. So the season of, of wilderness can do many things for you. Uh, for some, it's a time of preparation or a time of testing or proving might be a time of pruning, right? Fruitfulness requires pruning sometimes and pruning doesn't feel good, but it's essential or the wilderness just might be a time for growth. But regardless of what the wilderness is designed to do in your life personally, it's a time that is orchestrated by God and it's orchestrated by God for your good, even though you might not feel like it right now. And even though it might be difficult to always see the big picture, as I said a minute ago, it is orchestrated by God for your good. And so whether you feel like at this time, God isn't using me, or you feel God is so far away, if you take the time to submit to the wilderness, it will be a blessing to you in the long run, for it is an essential part of your spiritual walk, of your of your walk with the Lord. And so in the wilderness, um, the aim is not to be productive, but to be faithful. And that is the difficulty, especially if you're somebody that cherishes uh, productivity like me. It's very hard, like for me, it's hard to take a day off. I'm the kind of person that like a good day is a day when I got stuff done. If there's like a lazy day, so so to speak, you know, like a you just kind of lay around the house and just relax. I, I can't do it. Like it just, those are like the hardest days for me. I got to have a book that I'm reading. I got to have something that I get done. But the difficulty with the, the wilderness season, and especially in, in my life, is that it's not aimed to be productive. You don't measure ministry success in the wilderness. That's not the focus of the wilderness. The wilderness is a time of preparation. It's a time of all these other things. And it's a time for you to learn to be faithful to God, even when you don't feel like it, even when you feel like the season is a waste. So your faithfulness is tested in the wilderness. And the amazing thing is, again, because there's not a lot of productivity, there's not a lot of outward things initially that come uh, in the wilderness. A lot of it is an inner work that God is doing on your heart. So as I said, there's tons of people throughout the Bible that have gone through the wilderness. And today I want to focus in on Moses. And I'm going to be reading about Moses actually from the New Testament from Acts chapter 7. I like sometimes to read about the Old Testament characters from the New Testament because uh, when, when they're shared about in the New Testament, sometimes it gives you a very great overview of their life and like many, many chapters worth of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you know, speaker just kind of, you know, gives you the cliff notes, so to speak. And, and they do it in a way that's con that's condensed and very helpful and straight to the point. And so this is actually... Um, from Stephen's message before he was martyred. Stephen was the first martyr of the early church. He was one of the servant leaders uh, appointed in Acts chapter 6, and he was waiting tables. He got the opportunity to uh, preach a message, and the religious leaders were so convicted, they ended up stoning him to death. 
So this is an excerpt from his message overviewing the life of Moses. If you don't know, Moses was God's chosen leader to lead the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people in the Old Testament. Uh, Moses was chosen to lead them out of uh, the land of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. Moses was the appointed leader to take them out. So I'm going to overview kind of that start from them being the nation in uh, in Egypt through the time of their deliverance seen in the life of Moses. And this is in Acts chapter seven, verses 17 to 34. And it starts this way. It says, but as the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt until there arose over Egypt, another king who did not know Joseph. So God had promised Abraham this, this character in the old Testament, one of the most foundational people in the old Testament, God promised Abraham, you're going to have a son. And then your descendants are going to be like a a nation of people. They're going to end up being a nation. They're going to be as many as the sand of the sea, as the stars of the sky. You're going to have like a lot of descendants. And at the time, Abraham didn't have any, any children. So, and he was old. It was a very significant promise that God promised to him. And then promised the land of Canaan would be his descendants, um, hometown, like that'd be where they live. You know, you'd go and inhabit this land. That's why it's called the promised land because it was promised to Abraham. So as God fulfilled this promise to Abraham, his, uh, his descendants did become a nation of people, but they were in the land of Egypt. Now, Joseph would have been Abraham's great grandson and Joseph ended up being second in command of the nation of Egypt. So the people of Israel at that time had it pretty easy because one of their guys was, you know, like at the top, unfortunately, this new, this new King, this new Pharaoh, uh, started to rule Egypt and he did not know Joseph. And so they started to, to treat the people of Israel poorly. So verse 19 says that this Pharaoh dealt shrewdly with our race and forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. They were telling all the Hebrews to drown baby boys in the Nile river because there was too many Hebrews, the people of Israel. Verse 20 says at this time, Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight. And he was brought up for three months in his father's house. But when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son, which is pretty cool. Verse 22, and Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He killed a man. Verse 25 says he supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were quarreling and tried to reconcile them saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you wrong each other? But the man who is wronging his neighbor thrust him aside saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. So Moses, in his own strength, tries to deliver somebody. A man is being abused by an Egyptian, and Moses looks around like there's nobody looking. So he kills this Egyptian man to rescue one of his kinspeople, one of the uh, people of Israel. And even though he did this, you know, and, and rescued this guy, it wasn't really popular, which is was kind of surprising. So then Moses goes and finds out that it it was well known that people knew that he killed this guy. And they're like, what are you going to kill me too? And so Moses kind of had a hard, 
hard reputation right there. So he ended up escaping. So he had tried to deliver without the help of God, even though he was called to be a deliverer, he was not prepared to do it yet. So he ends up fleeing to land of Midian. He um, marries his wife, has two children. And then it says in verse 30, Acts chapter seven, verse 30. Now, when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. So something that you have to consider looking at your own story and then looking at stories and scriptures, you can see it in, uh, in biographies as well that, you know, it just says in a simple sentence, now when 40 years had passed, that's 40 years. That's a long time. And that was, you know, Moses lived a little bit longer than most of us, but that was still about one third of his entire life. And it was just kind of nonchalantly, like just dropped in the beginning of a verse. Like, yeah, when after 40 years and think that whole time, every day, Moses had to live for 40 years doing the work of a shepherd. So for 40 years, he was in the wilderness of, of Sinai out, out there in that area. And he was shepherding the flocks of his father-in-law, Jethro. Jethro had apparently tons of sheep. And so basically for 40 years, Moses was in a wilderness season, chasing around sheep. And here, here's an interesting thought. So if you know much about Moses, if you don't, I'll try to just briefly overview it. He ends up leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, right? You probably heard about the famous story of Moses parting the Red Sea. It was a miracle. And then they, the people end up wandering around in the wilderness. And if you read about the nation of Israel, it was like they complained all the time. These people were never happy about anything ever. Like, you know, God, were starving and then God would miraculously feed them. And then they would be like, God, this menu is, is terrible. And the food is boring. And then they'd be like, God, this, this isn't good enough. And then they're like, God, we want some meat. And then God sends them a bunch of, a bunch of birds. And then they're like, well, there's too many birds. You're like, it, nothing God ever did for those people was good enough. And so if you read through the book of numbers, especially, uh, it's such a headache. I'm like, these people are insane. Like how did Moses not kill him? You know, like Moses was their leader. He was the guy responsible for him. And I'm just thinking the whole time, like Moses, how do you, how do you deal with these people? They're terrible. Well, if you think about it, Moses was chasing around sheep in the wilderness for 40 years. That's what he did. He got up and chased sheep or I'm probably not chasing. I don't know how fast sheep are, but you get the idea. He was dealing with sheep for 40 years. And there's this verse in Isaiah 53, it's verse six. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity of us all. So aside from the messianic aspect of this verse, you can see that sheep go astray and so do people. There's times that we all turn from God and sheep are kind of stubborn and they kind of do their own thing. So you, you learn that sheep are this way and people are this way. It's probably the reason that throughout scripture, throughout much of scripture, um, God is, is described as our shepherd and we're described as sheep or leaders are described as shepherds as well, because there's kind of this sheep aspect of people where we just struggle to obey God and, and struggle to do the right things at times. And then we just, you know, go all sheep and and go astray. So thankfully Jesus um, bore our sin on the cross and we don't have to deal with the consequences of that. But at the same time, that's what sheep do. So, you know, Moses 
for 40 years had to deal with this, which I can't even like poor Moses, you know, but it trained him to deal with stubborn creatures. And so there was multiple times, if you read again through the book of Numbers, there was multiple times that God actually was so frustrated with the people of Israel that he's like, you know, Moses, we should just kill them all. Like I'm going to send a plague or I'm going to send this, like, let's just kill the entire nation. And I'm going to start with you, Moses. We're going to just start from scratch because I'm sick of these people. And they're just, they're just not getting it right. They're stubborn. They're going astray. They're like sheep. Like they just, they don't get it. They just won't stop doing all this awful stuff and complaining and they were never happy. And so God, and God was like, I'm done with them. But here's the cool thing. Moses went to God and always interceded for these people. Even when they stabbed Moses in the back and were complaining about him and were and saying these terrible things and, 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 you know, rebelling against him as the leader, Moses never said, God, please kill him, get them all out. of here. Like I'm done, you know, and me, like if I was the leader, I just, I can't imagine, you know, going through that. And then if God would have said it, Moses, or if God would have said to me, Josiah, I'm done. I think we should just wipe them out. I would have been like, yes, Lord, wipe them out. But I did not have 40 years of chasing sheep in the wilderness. So Moses's time in the wilderness, literally chasing sheep, you know, dealing with sheep that are stubborn, that go astray for 40 years, taught him to have a love, a special love for the people of Israel later. And he never would have got that if he would not have spent a third of his life watching sheep in the wilderness for his father-in-law. So back to Acts chapter seven uh, and verse 31, this is back to the burning bush encounter as Moses was ending his time in the wilderness says when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, take off the sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their groaning and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. That's what God said to Moses. So God has seen the needs of his people. I mean, think about it. God had seen the needs of his people. They were slaves at this time and their slavery got worse and worse. And the people were crying out to God for deliverance. And the whole time that the people were crying out to God in that, in that season of 40 years, God was preparing Moses in the wilderness while the people were crying out. The people couldn't see it and Moses couldn't see it. Moses could just see sheep. He couldn't see himself as the deliverer anymore. It had been years since he killed that Egyptian. He didn't see himself that way anymore. I'm sure, you know, he saw himself as a shepherd probably. And the people didn't like, they didn't know Moses. Moses is out with the sheep and they're being, you know, persecuted I guess maybe not persecuted. They were just slaves. And so this whole time God saw that he was preparing Moses. And then verse 35, Acts 7, uh, verse 35 says this Moses, whom they rejected saying, who made you a ruler and a judge? This man God sent as a, both a ruler and a redeemer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. So Moses ends up being a ruler. He ends up being a redeemer. He ends up being this great, great man but he first had to go through a, a season where he learned to be humble, where he learned to be a shepherd, where he learned to be a pastor. You know, he was not ready. It, the, it, the, the Moses that would kill an Egyptian to defend a single man was not ready to lead a nation. But after 40 years with sheep, 
he was ready. So in light of this, uh, I challenge you to see your wilderness season in life as a season of preparation for what God is calling you to do. Be faithful with what God's put your hand to today, and he will bless your tomorrow, and he'll give you the tools that you need to serve him in the next season. So with that, I thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Without Exception podcast. I pray that this episode has been edifying to you and that it is something you can put into practice in your own life. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with others. If you were listening on Apple, I would love it if you would leave a review. It helps with the exposure of the show. That said, I pray you have an awesome week. And until I see you next time, let's live out our faith each day without exception.